I hope that what I have to say tonight would resonate with you because there's something that God wants to do in this church and uh, it really depends on your response. We'll never receive anything that we don't respond to. I, I hope that you will understand that as we try to get into the word here tonight. Are you all happy? Now, sometimes I preach long. Sometimes I preach short. It really depends on your response. So you can get out early or you can stay here with me till late. Or you can just go on home. But um, I, I was in uh, Chalmette, Louisiana. And um, I was preaching one night. And the Lord really come down. And uh, before I finished my first hour, uh, everybody was standing up around the front saying, come on, preach, Brother Bourne. And the second hour, they, they were shouting and dancing, and they were saying, don't stop now. And 9 o'clock, I didn't stop. And 10 o'clock, I didn't stop. And 11 o'clock. At 12 o'clock, I had been preaching now for close to five hours. I, I don't, I'm trying to get you to respond tonight. <laughs> so about 12 o'clock uh, a lady raised her hand and uh, I, I said yes ma'am can I help you she said I was downtown New Orleans today and I, I am a sick person I'm dying someone told me that if I could come to this service tonight, God would heal me. She said, the doctor says, there is no more time left for me, and I got someone to bring me here. I am to check into Oshner Foundation uh, when I leave here tonight or this morning. And someone said I needed the Holy Ghost, and I come for it. And I, I said, lady, what religion are you? She said, I'm Roman Catholic. I said, have you ever been to one of our churches? She says, never. And uh, I said, well, God will heal you right now. And I said, if you'd come up and her neighbor who come with her uh, said, can I come up also? I'm due to be in the Ostner Foundation for surgery in the morning. I have breast cancer and uh, it's taken my life. And I said, well, come on up. God will heal both of you. One o'clock, they were still dancing. Two o'clock, they were still dancing. At seven o'clock, they both checked into the hospital and they told the doctor, they said, doctor, I know all of these things that are supposed to be happening, but something happened to us last night. And before you do surgery, we'd love you to check us out. And further check, neither one of them had any cancer. And they both walked out of there. Oh, dear Lord. I, I, I've seen the dead raised 14 times, and I'd like to see it happen around here tonight. <laughs> let, me, let me read a scripture in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28 and verse 2. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 2. And all... These blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground 
and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind and the flock of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemy that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before these seven ways. And the Lord shall command the blessings upon thee in the storehouse and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. From these scriptures here tonight, I, I want to talk on a simple subject, when blessings overtake you. Oh, God. You can be seated. Thank you. Thank you, I, don't, I don't know how you're expecting this to happen, but uh, I, I feel that God wants to overtake somebody. Don't get me too loud. What, what would happen if all of a sudden God dispatched an angel into this service and he was to walk up to you and say, what do you want? Is there any particular thing that you need? Well, I'm serving a God that can do it because this is what he said. All these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. You know, I've, I've dealt with people who were overtaken with sin. I've seen those who were overtaken in uh, the job that they were at and got so involved that church becomes secondary. I've seen those who become involved uh, in a lot of cares of life and lost out with God. But I'm talking about when the blessings of the Lord just actually comes upon you and overtakes you. This is the way he said he would do it. Blessed shall thou be in the city, and blessed shall thou be in the field. Blessed shall thou be, blessed shall be, pardon me, blessed shall be the, hope, the fruit of thy body, that's your children, and the fruit of the ground, that's your gardens, the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flock of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. And then I like this verse. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and when thou goest out. You know, uh, I'm 81 years old. I'm not supposed to be able to go up and down steps. But uh, he said, blessed shall thou be when thou comest in. Yes, sir. And blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. Yes, oh, Lord. Four years ago, when I was laying in MD Anderson and the doctor that night, while I was unconscious, the doctor says, he won't be here when daylight comes. Oh, Lord. When those 12 doctors walked out of the room, my grandson was standing there and he reached and got my hand and pulled it up into the air and he said, God, you got too many things for this man to do to take him right now, give him a little more time. And 30 minutes later, I woke up and I was hungry. I lost 75 pounds in a short period of time. Unfortunately, I've gained it all back. <laughs> but, but God wants to overtake somebody. Oh Lord. He'll do it here. He'll do it on the job. He'll do it with you driving down the highway. He, he is a God who wants to help everybody in this place. He, he will help you and your children. Oh, my Lord. He'll help your cattle. He'll, he'll help uh, your animals that, that, that are at your house. And the things that you think God can't do, I have lived long enough to see him do it. In a, in a very volume-type manner. Oh, Lord. I've, I've been in the hospital uh, with people, and uh, the doctor unplugged the machine, uh, 
pulled the sheet up over their face, and he said, I'm sorry. Uh, we've done all we could do. Uh, and he talked a little bit, and then he says, if you all step outside, we'll prepare the body, and then you can come back. And I, I turned to the children. I said, do you all want to leave? And they said, what do you think, Brother Warren? I said, why don't we stay? Watch the doctor. Boy, the doctor got upset. And he started trembling as he prepared the body. And when he got through, he said, uh, and I looked up at the monitor there on the screen, and uh, there was a straight line. Uh, the tube was pulled out of the throat. And uh, he said, I'm sorry. I said, are, are you through, doctor? He said, yes, sir. I said, can I have just a minute with the patient? He said, all the time you want, sir. I just reached over and laid hands on the sister. And I said, God, show the doctor what you can do. And after about 30 minutes of no response, no breathing, her, I, I saw her eyes open and she said, <gasps> she walked out of the hospital the next day. And I've seen that 14 times and I'm looking forward to the next time. But even more than that, I, I've seen the cancers fall off. Oh, hallelujah. You know, I, I was in this one meeting and um, they brought this lady in. Her cancer was not on the inside of her body. It was on the outside. It hung in globs, her legs. It was just big old hunks of skin hanging off. And the cancers were so bad. And on her arms and on her face, just uh, things as big as that, like an orange hanging off. And uh, it was all over for her. Her cancer was all on the outside. I, I, I stopped and I said, lady, uh, you come here tonight because you believe that God would do it. Do you still believe it? She said, that's why I come here, sir. So prayer was made, and all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost hit her. Oh, my Lord, uh, a Catholic lady. She, she fell down on her knees, and she started bouncing. And all of that, that cancer that was there, and I said, oh, God, have mercy. She bounced all the way across to the wall and come back bouncing across the other side. Oh, hallelujah. And after about 45 minutes of that, uh, she stopped and I said, where's your cancer? She looked down and there was nothing on her hands. And she said, uh, is, is there a room that I can go and so I can see if it's gone over all of my body? So one of the ladies took her back to her room and she come back in dancing and shouting, talking in tongues because the Holy Ghost had come in while she was in that room back there. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. My God, how mercy. When the doctor told me, he says, you won't ever, you know, 16, 16 years ago, I had a massive stroke. My Lord, have mercy. And for 13 months, I, I couldn't say but one word, and that was yes. I, I sit in a closet. My wife would help me out of bed and take me to the closet, and I'd sit there. And I, I couldn't, I had no function on one side, and it was a struggle for me to get to that closet, and I'd uh, get in, and she'd turn the light out. My wife wouldn't. But, you know, one, one day... Uh, I was sitting there, and while I couldn't speak, uh, except for that one word, I, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you're through with me, just take me on out right now. I I'm ready to go. Just take me out. Uh, uh, I don't have to live like this. I said, but if you're not through with me, and I, I, I picked up my phone with the hand that I could still hold something, and I, I said, Lord, if you're not through with me, uh, I'd like for you to call, tell Mike Sarton in New Orleans to call me. 
I hadn't talked to him in about six years, and, and uh, I was looking at the phone, and about 90 seconds, the phone rang, and I looked, and it was Mike Sarton. And I said, now, uh, Brother Sarton said, Brother Bourne, I said, yes. Uh, can you come preach for him? And I said, yes. He said, can you come today? And I said, yes. He said, is that all you say? And I said, yes. He said, well, I'll see you this afternoon. I said, yes. And I started trying to pull myself up. And by the time my wife walked in, she said, who are you talking to? And I, the phone was still lit up. I turned to her. She says, Daddy, that's 356 miles from here. And you told him you could, you'd be there tonight? And I said, yes. There is no way you can go. I said, yes. It wasn't but a few minutes that my son pastors the church where I was pastoring it when I got sick. And uh, he walked in. Uh, he's a big guy. You ever met my son? Uh, he said he weighed 500 none of your business pounds. He got there and he says, Daddy, just settle down because you know that you can't go to New Orleans today. And I said, yes. And after arguing with him for a while like that, my wife said, he's going, whether we like it or not. And you might as well get his suitcase packed. And they packed my suitcase, and my son picked me up in his arms, and walked me to the car or to the truck, and set me down in the seat. First time I'd been in a vehicle for over a year and uh, I, I still was having I, I couldn't turn my head this way if I did everything went into a spin if I turned the other way it went into a spin so he set me down in the seat and I just looked straight ahead and reached up with my good hand and pulled it down in drive and eased out of the yard thank God I didn't have to stop Thank God there was no red lights that got me. Thank God there was nobody in the way. And when I pulled up in New Orleans at Brother Sarton's, uh, Brother Sarton uh, walked up to the truck and he says, get out, Brother Bourne. I said, yes. He said, don't start that yes with me. That's all you said when I talked to you earlier today. And I said, I looked at him, I said, yes. And I pointed over my shoulder. I hadn't even turned my head because if I would, I'd go into a, like I was fixing to fall. And uh, he, he said, oh, my God, how did you get here? I, I pointed to truck. We went to church that night, and uh, Brother Sarton got up, and he says, I have made a terrifying mistake said I got brother born down here and he can't talk he can't walk uh, we have to pick him up and put him in a wheelchair to roll him in here and, and said but he's here and so we're going to have one service then I'll somebody either have to come get him or he'll get back the way he got here and so he, he rolled me in that, that night and parked me right here in front of the pulpit and I was weeping. I said, God, I've got to have your help. I could think, but I couldn't say it. And uh, he said, all right, Brother Bourne, it, it, it's yours. And I looked up, and I, I saw three ladies sitting on the back seat all the way over on this side. And I, I said, God, what do I do? And the Lord said, just point at them. So I raised my hand. I pointed. I said, yes. And they started screaming. Three Roman Catholic ladies, they ran to the altar and God filled all three of them with the Holy Ghost. The next night, I was there again. We went 26 weeks in that revival. 175 Roman Catholics got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the last eight weeks I was there, I was building cabinets in the fellowship hall oh dear lord and i hadn't stopped except four years ago
when I was laying at MD Anderson. But you know, these blessings come upon us. And God has given me another shot. And uh, I'm going to try to find somebody here who wants more blessing than they can contain. And we're serving the God that can absolutely make the day. My Lord, have mercy. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Boy, I've had to deal with people who were who was overtaken with sin. But I wish I would have to deal with someone who was just overtaken with the power of the Holy Ghost. And God would take care of everything that was wrong in their life. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. Boy, it's, it's fixing to happen around here. My Lord. And blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and when thou goest out. And the Lord shall cause thine enemies that come against thee one way. He said, I'll cause them to flee seven ways. Boy, you're talking about getting rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. My Lord, have mercy. Uh, I was at this place one time, and this, this guy, he, was, he cut seven holes in his screen door. And I said, what in the world are you doing that? He said, I have seven cats. And when I say scat, I don't want them lining up. God wants to get a hold of somebody around here, so we'll have to calm them down enough to get them in their car to go home tonight. Because God can do the impossible. I say he can do the impossible. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That, that doctor looked at me, and uh, that morning I, I called him in. He said, uh, uh, Sir, uh, you have cancer. You have it in the worst stage. You're, you're uh, stage four. You, you can't live. I said, well, something happened last night about 10 o'clock. And could you put me back through that machine again? And after much persuasion, he rolled me into that room where that machine was. And I don't know if you've ever been through one of those machines, but it's a terrifying thing makes all kinds of crazy sounds, high pitch and low pitch, and, and they eased me through, and when he got, got me through it, I said, did you see anything? He said, well, no, but we know it's still there. I said, well, doctor, you didn't get that, uh, what's that big reward they can get? Nobel, I said, you didn't get that Nobel Peace Prize and that hanging on your wall there uh, because you think something just vanished and hid in the head. I said, 14 pounds? That's how many pounds of cancer was in me. Now, you think that 14 pounds is hid in my head? God wants to take, take hold of someone here tonight and remove 14 pounds of sin out of your life or 14 pounds of rebellion out of your life or 14 pounds of, you know, I, I don't know what he wants to take out. But I'm telling you what, he can remove everything that is hindering you. Oh, Lord. Not only that, he can find your children out there that's lost. And if not, bow to me. It don't matter if they're here or on the West Coast. God can get a hold of them. Oh, I was, I was at this one place. and My Lord, have mercy. I, I, I told the folks one night, I said, don't, don't come back tomorrow night if you can't bring somebody. And got there the next night, and there wasn't hardly nobody there. And I said, oh, my God, I made a mistake. They said, hardly no. And then after a while, this one man come in, and he had a real wooly booger. He, he, he decided he wasn't going to go to church without somebody. So he went out to the interstate and found someone was fixing a bed down up under the interstate and brought him to church. And brought him all the way up and set him on the front seat where that young man's sitting. And... Uh, 
boy, I, I felt like I had someone to preach to, so I just got right out in front of him and preached repentance and water baptism to him. And, and uh, when I got through, he, he just stood up and walked past me to the altar and knelt down and started repenting, and the Holy Ghost fell on him. And boy, was we ever having a time. When we brought him back to the office before the man was going to take him home and uh, was telling him that he needed to be baptized, and so we took him and baptized him. And he started weeping. He said, oh, he said, I, I, have, I have a sister in uh, San Francisco. He said, I, I, I wish she could find this kind of experience that I got tonight. And uh, we said, well, is there any way we can call her? And he says, no. Said she is a prostitute and she's walking the street right now looking for a customer. And uh, I said, well, uh, we're just going to tell God, God, get a hold of her right now. You can change a prostitute just like you can change anything else. And if God could uh, do what I just read here, and uh, blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and when thou goest out. I said, if God can do that, he can certainly reach across the whole United States of America and get a hold to someone. And about that time, the phone rang. Pastor picked it up and he said, uh, this is Pastor. He said, yes, sir. He said, uh, I, I pastored a little mission out in San Francisco. And says, while I was preaching tonight, this, this lady uh, walked in and she didn't even sit down. She just stood by the back wall and says, when I got through preaching, she walked to the altar and God poured the Holy Ghost on her. And she said, oh, I've got a brother in Texas. I wish to God he could find what I found tonight. And so... Brother Spears said, well, what's his name? We'll try to find him. And so she said the name, and he said, she said, just a minute. And he handed the phone to him. And he, when he got on the phone, talking with his sister who had received the Holy Ghost at the same time, two hours difference in the West Coast than it was in Texas, the same moment he got the Holy Ghost, she bowed down and got the Holy Ghost. And for about 30 minutes, they talked in tongues to each other. Hallelujah. Under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. God's got the ability to do what we have already written off as an impossibility. Oh, dear Lord, have mercy. Pastor, I know what God can do because I have seen it on numerous occasions. God can fill this building till they stand around the wall because there's not seating room. You can bring in chairs and they can sit up on the altar and God can still do that kind of thing. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. Oh, I'd like to hear. I, I may not be here, but... Uh, I'd like to hear from Brother St. Clair that, uh, man, a revival broke out, and, boy, we, can't, we don't even have room inside the building to seat the people. They're still coming. They're, they're, they're standing room only in the church. I, I know God can do that because I've seen it happen. Oh, Lord. I, I, I was preaching for, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember the pastor's name. Uh, out on the West Coast, and uh, I talked along these lines, and I said, this is what God wants to do in this church. They had about 200, and the church wasn't as big as this, Harley, but uh, I got there my first service night, and I got there after dark because my plane was late getting there, and, and I, I, I told them what God would do, and I says, and actually, I turned to the pastor, and I said, this you're going to think I've lost my mind, but I saw 52 rows of pews going up and up into the a balcony in the back. And, and I says, and then I, when we get that finished, God told me there'd be 4,040 sitting in that auditorium. And 
after church, he said, Brother Warren, I want to show you something. And he took me back and opened a door in, back, in the back like this. And there's this massive, massive building, vacant. There was nothing. They had got that building and just built right over in the corner of it because they didn't have many people. But we're talking about a building that uh, seated properly, could seat 4,000. And I said, this is what I saw, and this is what God's going to do. Oh, hallelujah. Brother Randy Keys. Brother Rand, Randy Keys. Uh, anyway, uh, when the revival broke, my Lord, it wasn't long we had to knock the walls out. Oh, hallelujah. And then there was 52 rows of pews going all the way. You, you, you had to get binoculars to see if the sound man was awake back there. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. Why can't God do it? While churches are closing down, while churches are stopping having any services, God can make this church where people from all over will want to come by just to see what's happening. And the dead will be raised and the bones will be put back together and the blind eyes will be opened. Oh, hallelujah. God will give them a new heart. Hallelujah. Those who can't walk, they roll them in here and they shout out the building when church is over because the Holy Ghost can do anything. But we got to believe that something's fixing to happen that we have not seen. Oh, hallelujah. You say, well, I know God can do it. I know he can do it. And I know he can raise up people. Uh, 16 years ago, my wife was dying with cancer. And uh, she come right to the end. The doctor says, I'm sorry, it's all over. But that was 16 years ago. And she's still going. She's 84 years old. And except for this revival, uh, she's been traveling with me everywhere I go. And, uh, but she's home tonight. But uh, she's probably listening to this service, so I've got to preach good. So you've got to help me to preach good. My Lord. You know, if God could do it then, has he lost his ability? If, if God could take a sinner man walking down the street or sleeping under the freeway or a girl walking the street and couldn't find a customer, so she saw a little building and she opened the door and stepped in and that's right where God wanted her because God was going to fill her and her brother, one on the east side, one on the west side, and God can do that tonight. My God, have mercy. I'm talking about when blessings overtake you. Oh, hallelujah. You know, my, my, my father-in-law uh, got cancer, and uh, he went down, 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 down. And uh, then he was on hospice, and... Then they were feeding him through a tube, and, and he kept losing, and they got down to 61 uh, pounds. And he did weigh 240, and I weighed, then he weighed 61 pounds. I, I, I come in from a revival. Um, I don't remember exactly where I was at, but I got there that, that morning about 4 a.m., and uh, I walked in, and my father-in-law was uh, on his bed there in the living room. And I walked up to him and uh, looked at him, and his eyes were closed. And, and uh, I said, Papa. And he opened his eyes, and he couldn't talk. And he, I seen his lips move. He said, it's all over, son. Uh, this is the end of the line. And I said, no, I don't think so, Papa. 
And I, I have one of these big blonde troubadour harps. And I went over in the corner and pulled that harp over, got right by his bed, and I, I sat down in a chair and I said, God, this worked for David, and it's fixing to work for me. If David could do it and the evil spirits would leave Saul, I'm going to play, and God's going to let sickness flee from him. Oh, dear Lord. So I began to play Amazing Grace, easily plucking those strings on that harp. And uh, I'd see a tear run down the side of his face, but he couldn't move. It, it took him six months to get back on his feet. Uh, he was hungry the next day, and my wife fed him through a straw, just dripped it into his mouth. Uh, some food that she had went through the blender because that's all he could eat. And she would stick that straw in his mouth and let this stuff just dribble into his mouth. And, and boy, he got back up to 80 pounds and then 90, then 100. And he got to 112 pounds. And he said, uh, he said son, I, I think I'd like to get up. And I said, well, Paul, you, you hadn't been up now in months, but he was gaining weight. And so I said, we're, we're going to pick you up. And so I got my hands under him, and I tried to raise him up. I raised him about, about that angle. And he said, well, don't roll me out of bed, son. But see, the cancer that he had eat up the bone structure. It eat the hip bones out. And it, the other bones become perforated and just to turn his hand, you could hear the bones snap. And uh, he had no backbone, it was all gone. Cancer had eaten that up and he just lay in there, unable to move. But God raised him up. <laughs> Hallelujah, it comes General Comfort's time and it was in Louisville, Kentucky and he says, he said, I, I think I can go. So we went to Louisville, Kentucky, and, and I said, well, I'll, I'll take you up close to the door and you can get out. He said, no, if you can walk, I can walk. God restored the bone structure. Give him a new hip bone. Give him new arm bones. Every broken piece was put back together. And uh, he was, at that time, up to 230 pounds. And here we come walking from the car. I had to park way around to the uh, backside because there was no parking room. And I said, Papa, we got a, about a half a mile to walk. And he said, if you can walk, I can walk. And so we walked all the way into that service. My Lord, I I'm talking about God knows how to reconstruct the bone system. My Lord, he can reconstruct uh, the hip bone uh, and reconnect all of the things together that's been eaten out. Oh dear Lord, have mercy. I'm, I'm talking about when, uh, what, what's the title of my message? When what? Ha. I, I know you're a strong man. How old are you, sir? Oh, you're a young squirt. I'm 81. Uh, if I can do it, you can do it. Yes, sir, you're doing it. But this man is going to live long enough to see the blind eyes open again. I, I was in Philadelphia, Mississippi, and I, I was preaching, Brother, I'm trying to think of his name, Brother Dunaway. And I, I was preaching, and I, I looked back, and I, I walked down off the p platform, and I walked over to this man. He was sitting on the third seat where this man with the blue shirt is, and I, and I said, what's wrong with your eye, sir? He said, I don't have an eye there. Just have a, a glob of white flesh. No, there's no iris. And uh, I said, would you like to have an eye? He said, well, I've made it this long with one eye. I said, when did you lose that eye? He said, I was born without it. I said, how old are you? He said, 73. I said, 
Do you believe God can make an eyeball while you're sitting there? He said, well, I guess so. I said, no, 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 don't guess. Say, yes, I believe it. And so I went back to the pulpit and I preached that God could do anything. And uh, finally I got through preaching and I, I was leaning up against the Bible stand like this. And uh, Brother Dunaway was talking to him and all of a sudden I heard someone scream. And I, I didn't even move my feet. I just turned like that. This fellow come running to the front, come up on the platform. He said, something's happening to my eye. And I looked and that eye was just doing that. I'm talking about the flesh was just moving. All of a sudden, bloop, an eyeball popped out. And he started screaming, I see, I see, I see. My Lord. Now, that wasn't, that wasn't back when the Lord was walking on the face of the earth. Hallelujah. And I, I said, well, God certainly can do that. The, the next night, it, the next day, it rained nine inches, and it was flooding when church started. Uh, from my car to race to the office, I got soaking wet. And I walked in, I said, well, Brother Donaway, they won't be anybody here tonight. I said, if they do, they're going to have to swim in because it was still raining and it had already rained nine inches. But when we walked into the auditorium, there wasn't a seat available. In that week, 29 men, no ladies, just men, got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The oldest one was 80, 86, I believe. The youngest one was 30. And they were getting the Holy Ghost all over the building. Now, I'm talking about God still in that kind of business. And he hadn't gone out of business. Oh, hallelujah. And he wants to overtake this church like it has never been overtaken before. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know it can happen. You've seen it happen. Hallelujah. And then, my Lord, and so if God could, he still can. And if he ever did, he still will. Hallelujah. God wants to take a hold of somebody here today and, and, and move the structure around them. And when he gets through, it, it'll be like something that's never happened before in their life. Oh my goodness. First, the first church I pastored, it was a country church. It was out on the gravel road. It was 21 miles from any town. And uh, friends of mine said, Brother Bourne, please don't go there. I, I was going there. And they said, uh, you, you can do better somewhere else. And I said, well, God told me to go here. And he said, well, that's a burn over field. They ain't had revival there in years. Uh, nothing's going to happen there. And I said, well, God told me to go, and so I'm going to go. You know, I, I preached there uh, four, week, four, four months ago. And that was, uh, I left there 55 years ago. 55 years I've, I've been gone from that church. And that night, I said, I see a lot of gray hair here tonight. I said, all of you that got the Holy Ghost 55 years ago, would you stand? And there was still 100 of them there. And God said, I looked at them, I said, if God can fill you now, he can keep you now. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And if God can heal in the past, he can still heal today. And if he can deliver anybody, he can deliver you. Something's got to get a hold to you, and you got you got to believe that it's going to happen. My Lord, have mercy. I, I'm not trying to set a record here tonight. I'm just trying to set something straight that God has not lost his ability. You got any children that that uh, don't come to church, I don't care where they live. It don't matter if they come to this church. What matters to me is they get the Holy Ghost, whether it's in Arizona 
or on the West Coast or in Oregon or if it happens down in Florida or up in Maine. It, it don't matter. God can still do the impossible. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, I, I was up in Bangor, Maine uh, several years ago. And first night I got there, uh, uh, the Lord said, see that man sitting back there in the, in the middle of the church? I said, yeah, I see him. He said, tell him if he'll give that check that's in his pocket, I'll give him a raise on his job. I didn't know one soul there. Never had even met the pastor. And uh, I said, sir, uh, I'm telling you, if, if you'll give that check. I said, if I tell you how much the check is, would you give it? He didn't bat an eye. Matter of fact, he hadn't batted an eye. <laughs> and I said, okay, you, you don't believe me. You haven't even opened the check yet. It's still in a sealed envelope. And it's your income tax return. And the check is $5,427.18. And his wife said, you got that check. Don't you dare give it. I said, lady, would you shut up? I said, he's going to give it. And she started crying. She said, please, we got bills to pay. And you know we got bills to pay. And I, I finally, I said, I turned to Brother Smith, the pastor, and I said, Brother Smith, Brother Bradley Smith's dad, I said, uh, Brother Smith, if this man don't get a, a raise, he works for the, I found out he worked for the state of Maine. I said, if he don't get a raise in the morning in the amount of the check, would you give the check back to that man? He said, absolutely. I said, so all you got to do is give it. You can't lose for winning. You give the check and you're going to get that raise this week, tomorrow. And I said, not only that, six months from now, you'll get another raise in the identical same amount. So you'll have over a $10,000 raise. And he, after church, he walked to me and said, Brother Bourne, we just got a note from the state today saying there will be no raises from the state office. I said, they don't know what they're talking about. Because when God takes care of things, oh, hallelujah. The man went to work the next morning, and when he walked in his office at the state capitol and walked to his desk, there was a letter laying there on his desk that saying that we are giving you a raise in the mount of, and they had it on there, exactly what the check was that he gave. I said, so Brother Smith and I were standing out in the churchyard, school was fixing to start, and and all of a sudden, this car comes flying into the parking lot and hit his brakes and skidded sideways. And I said, man, he's going to run over us, Brother Smith. We better get back. And uh, he jumped out and he said, I got the letter. And it's the exact amount of my check. And I got the raise and the letter states that I'll get the same amount in six months. Get another raise. You know, I'm talking about God's fixing to overtake somebody. You would rather God overtake you than sin overtake you. Dear Lord, have mercy. Well, I, I, I know he can. I, I watch him often. And I, I, I travel everywhere and I, I, I see it happening. And I, oh Lord, have mercy. I, I, I just come from down in the valley, uh, uh, right down on the Mexican border. I think the border was about two miles from where the church sits. And I preached uh, down there and then I got in my vehicle and drove all the way to uh, Brother Smith's, 1,400 miles. But you know, uh, while I was there, this uh, on a Sunday morning, I, I was talking about giving, and I talk about giving often, but uh, this, this girl, 
turned to her mother and she says, Mother, uh, could, could you loan me $100? I want to give it in the offering. She said, Honey, that's all I got. She said, Well, that's all I want. She said, Well, well sweetheart, uh, that's what I got to live on this week. She said, Mama, uh, the Lord told me to give $100 and I don't have it. She said, uh, My checking account has $4 in it. And said, uh, If you could just loan me $100, she says, I can't loan you $100. She said, please, mother. And I see them back there on this side, and they're just talking back and forth. And finally, she, she starts weeping. The mother does and reaches in her purse and pulls out $100, and she comes up and lays it on the, uh, right in front of the pulpit. When, when she got up the next morning, uh, she called to see if she still had the $4, and it was $4,004 in her checking account. She said, Mother, did you put that in my account? She said, I don't have $4,000. She called the bank. She said, y'all have made a mistake. She said, I ain't never had $4,000. And I've got $4,000 in my account. So they looked at it and said, ma'am, it's yours. We have the deposit slip here uh, stating it, that it was going to your account. Uh, and uh, so she paid her mama back the $100. And then paid God back when she got back to church the next service. She hit the floor dancing. And I know you don't have to dance, but uh, you might as well get ready for it. Because over there, you're going to dance forever. And so I'm going to go ahead and uh, kind of get in, get in the groove. So when I, when I get there, I'll know exactly what i got to do. But I, I know that I'll have a glorified body and I can be wild like I was when I was a young man. Oh, hallelujah. And uh, boy, and, and if you plan on going, uh, the Bible says there's only going to be 30 minutes of silence. And that's going right to be right before I get there. I can tell you that because when I get there, man, it's going to be wild, wild, wild. How about you, sir? You think you can be a little wild when you get to heaven? Well, you're, you, you better believe it. Because if God can take care of a situation where it's totally out of my control, my Lord, and uh, turn it all the way around. My Lord. My father-in-law, Reverend A.L. Travis, Lived several years without sickness. He lived to be an old man. Oh, Lord. And every time I'd see him at church, every time I'd come in from a revival, I'd say, how do you feel? He said, I feel good, son. And then he said something to me one day. He said, you're more than a son to me. That was a big statement from my father-in-law. He said, if anything I needed, and there is no person on the face of the earth with whom I have more confidence than I do you, son. I said, well, Papa, God's the one that deserves all of that kind of stuff. And I know some of you folks are too old to dance, but uh, I was at this church preaching, and I, I, I told them they needed to get out and kind of loosen up a little bit. And, and the pastor said, Brother Bourne, we're old. And I said, he said, you'll have to understand why our old folks don't get out and dance because they, they're too old. I said, well, if they're too old, I'm going to ask God tonight when I'm praying, God, these folks love you. I'm going to ask you just take them on. Let me help preach their funeral. The next night... <laughs> <laughs> Boy, some of them couldn't even do that, and they were, they were out now kind of giving it this. So you can respond. You can go to Walmart. Oh, hallelujah. This, this lady had 
some kind of surgery. She said, Brother Bourne, I, I, I can't come to church because, you know, I, I just had that surgery. But every night she would go to Walmart and spend three hours walking the aisles and get back the next morning. She said, you know, I can't go to church because I had surgery. I said, uh, what they doing for you at Walmart? I said, you was up there three hours last night, and you didn't go till 9 o'clock, and you was up there at 12. Uh, how did you make it? Did you rent one of them buggies and ride around? No, I walked. I said, I think you could walk in church if you would. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to get mine. And so I noticed some of these young people were getting with it here a while ago. But God's fixing to do something. And when he starts doing it and you see your old uncle that vowed he'd never step inside this church. You see him walk in here. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And when, when, when he walks in, he's got one thing in mind. God, I've got to have what they got up there because something is moving them. You know, I've, I've already used my hour, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to close it down. But uh, God is fixing to do something for someone around here. And, and while I won't be here, I will hear about it. All right. Oh, hallelujah. How, how would you like to know that if you have a blind eye, that God give you a brand new one? If you had a bad lung, or if they'd taken the lung out, God could replace that lung. That's what he did in that New Orleans revival. One man had cancer of the lung, had nine lesions, and they had to remove that lung. And before the revival closed, he had cancer in the other lung. And he said, uh, I'm a dying man. I said, no, 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 no. The same God that touched you can touch you again. I said, they, they took that lung out, but God can heal this lung. Oh, hallelujah. And God got a hold of him. And when God got through with him that night, I said, you need to go back to your doctor. Tell him to check that lung out. So he went in, the doctor x-rayed his chest, and he says, well, sir, all I can see here is two, two lungs with no cancer in it. He said, whoa, 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 I don't have but one. He said, no, you got two. And here's a picture to show it. And it, when that starts happening around here, they're going to come from far and near. And God's going to bring them to the altar. Hallelujah. And some of you might have to stand while the new ones sit down because there won't be room to put them. I actually believe that God got the ability to do it that way. My Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. I believe it. Someone would come to the music. Uh, why can't I believe that he has that kind of power? You know, these uh, 70 years that I've been preaching, I've seen the dead raised. I've seen the blind eyes open. I've seen the crippled walk that they said would never walk again. I've seen God restore the bone structure. I've seen him give people the right mind. Hallelujah. People who couldn't talk, all of a sudden they begin to talk like God had given it to them. Hallelujah. And they begin, you know, they didn't just come and sit down. They brought handfuls with them. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. God wants to do that in this church. My Lord, have mercy. Let's believe that God's going to do it for us right now. Oh, Lord, have mercy. With a blue shirt on? Yes, sir. How, how would you respond if God done the impossible act? Something that you think, oh, that could never happen. Would you give him praise? Won't you do it in advance? That's right. 
I'm not doing this because you done something. I'm doing this because you're going to do it. And I'm going to give you praise now. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you praise now. Yeah, Allah.